the new way we work from Fast Company Magazine, where we take listeners on a journey through the changing landscape of our work lives and explain exactly what we need to build the future we want. I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor, Kate Davis. Today, I'm joined by my producer, Josh Christensen. Hi, Josh. Hey, Kate. So on last week's episode, I talked to Dr. Tomas Chamaro Premazik, who wrote a book called Why Do So Many Incompetent Men Become Leaders? In that episode, he explained the characteristics that we associate with leaders, things like charisma and confidence, are not good indicators of how qualified someone is to do the job. Further, he explained that often the people who put themselves forward for leadership roles, the most ambitious, the most power hungry, are usually the last people that should actually have those jobs. In fact, most of the traits that make us think that someone is a natural leader are actually indicative of being a narcissist. So that got us thinking. What if we're narcissists? Oh, no. We We decided to take a psychological assessment, the Narcissist Personality Inventory. And we actually taped ourselves taking that assessment, and our audio editor, Nick, was kind enough to put together a little montage of our experience, and here that is. I am about to take the Narcissistic Personality Inventory. Okay, Narcissistic Personality Inventory. Let's get started. For each pair of items, choose the one that you most identify with. If you identify with both equally, choose the one that you think is most important. Okay, this is great. Modesty doesn't become me. I am essentially a modest person. Can't you just hear how (laughs) modest I am? I would say I'm modest. Um, Compliments embarrass me. I like to be complimented. So here's the thing. I feel embarrassed by compliments when they're given to my face, but I also desperately want compliments. (laughs) If I ruled the world, it would be a better place. Who wants that responsibility, honestly? It would be a better place, but it does frighten the hell out of me. So we're going to go with frightens the hell out of me. I will be a success. I am not too concerned about success. I'm definitely concerned about success. Not like Gordon Gecko ambitious. Greed is good. I think I'm at least fairly successful, and I definitely want to be successful. Maybe I am a narcissist. <laughs> I am no better or worse than most people. I think I am a special person. Well, we're all unique snowflakes, aren't we? But really, we're no better or worse. I am not sure if I would make a good leader. I see myself as a good leader. I do see myself as a good leader. Now, I'm sure my current team members will have some things to say about that. But I see myself as a good leader. Next, I find it easy to manipulate people. I don't like it when I find myself manipulating people. Who wants to manipulate people? That's not good. People sometimes believe what I tell them. I can make anyone believe anything I want them to. Okay, people sometimes believe what I tell them. The other one is sounds like a psychopath. I always know what I am doing, or sometimes I am not sure of what I am doing. This is to be human, come on. Sometimes I am not sure of what I'm doing because I am a human being. I always know what I'm doing. Oof. I will never be satisfied until I get all that I deserve. Or I take my satisfactions as they come. I'm gonna have to say the first one. Like, you're told to, like, celebrate the small victories, but it's hard to when you have ambitions, when you have career goals or personal goals. 
I get upset when people don't notice how I look when I go out in public. I don't mind blending in with the crowd when I go into public. Yeah, no. I, I don't, don't mind blending, blending into, into the, the crowd, crowd when, when I, I go, go out in public. public. But nobody notices how I look. These are your results on the Narcissist Personality Inventory. Your score is 12. Your score is 8. Out of 40. Oh, okay. Oof. Higher scores indicate greater levels of narcissism. So I guess I'm ever so slightly more narcissistic than the average person, but I guess I'm right in the, the middle of the graph. I am less narcissistic than the average U.S. adult. Oh my God, yeah. that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that test was very uncomfortable to take. <laughs> it was, and and so part of what um, you don't hear in that is my criticism of the test. That is, it was very <laughs> black and white, and I felt like the, you know, which I guess it had to be, but I felt like all of my answers or most of my answers really probably would have been like, a little bit from A and a little bit from B, like somewhere in between. Like there's mm -hmm. a gray area. Mm -hmm. Like I feel kind of this way. But um, anyways, we'll we'll get into to our thoughts on on some of the the categories. But uh, as we heard, I scored an eight, which is below average score for the U.S. adults, and you scored a twelve, which is slightly higher than the test sample. But they point out that the test sample is not really representative of of people in the U.S. because, you know, if you're taking this assessment, maybe you already think you're a narcissist. Yeah. Um, but so your score was actually still lower than the average U.S. adult. So we are both, I'm going to declare we are both not narcissists. Um, That's good. But it, by the test scores, I'm slightly more of a narcissist than you. Well, I mean, which... are we surprised? But I guess, yeah. Are you surprised? <laughs> I mean, I guess that falls in line with what uh, Dr. Uh, Jamaro Premizik talked about and what's been written about that men are more likely to be narcissists. So it doesn't make sense that on a sliding scale, a man would fall slightly more into slightly higher in general, although that this sample doesn't break out demographic data. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, that's and that's really important to note that it does not break it out by age and it does not break it out by gender and, and obviously, you know, any of the other demographic factors. But I think mm -hmm. age and gender are really important. So like speaking of age, it's actually really interesting. So our uh, friend of the show, Art Markman, who is a, a prolific contributor to Fast Company, he also writes for Psychology Today, uh, he wrote an article just a couple weeks ago for Psychology Today about narcissism and how it changes over the span of your life. And so there was a study that showed, like, if somebody is narcissistic at 18, they are less likely to be narcissistic by the time they're in their 40s. Um, I'm slightly older than you are. <laughs> Uh, by a, a I'm a mid-millennial, you're an elder I'm an, millennial. An elder, yes. Not a geriatric millennial. I hate that, that term. I hate that term. <laughs> but, it's a um, terrible term. But I really do think that age played a factor in my score in that if I would have taken it in my 20s, you know, I'm, I turned 40 this year, if I would have taken it in my 20s, I would have maybe scored higher. I think particularly around the vanity scores. Oh, no. Actually, you know, I feel like that's not. a natural thing. <laughs> not for you specifically. For You're like, you were so vain in your 20s, In Kate. general, <laughs> I think that it's more likely sure. that you're vain in your 20s or feel better about your appearance than you do as you get older. Sure. And, and you, you know, 
things start to break and lines start to form near your eyes. <laughs> you go bald like me, which happened actually in my 20s, so I shouldn't. Exactly. Same, right? I got my first... I'm. I have a lot of gray hair and I got my first gray hair at like 20. But so yeah, for for maybe for us in particular and we both, you know, speaking of of those different aspects of of narcissism, vanity was one of them and we both scored, you know, so the assessment gives you like mm -hmm. uh breaks down your score on the different areas and we both scored zero for vanity right <laughs> <laughs> yeah both that and also i scored zero in self-sufficiency which i don't oh, know how i feel about that's a weird one because that like, is a weird one. Oh, i think i have scored zero in that too now that i'm looking hmm and exploitiveness that i feel good about that i scored zero in that oh i did have a zero in that as well that one i feel good about too because that's the like that that question of like i want to manipulate people you know that that question was the one where i was like okay if you're answering, I can basically, I like to manipulate people or whatever. I, I forget exact wording of, of the, or phrasing of it. Yeah. It was like, I can get anyone to do anything that I want at <laughs> any time. Like anyone who says that is, that's kind of scary to me. Yeah, it is. Although when you think about it, think about the old school leadership you know, the way it was thought of, of like how to win friends and influence people. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't put in those like cutthroat terms of manipulate people, but like I can influence people. I can like get people to agree with my ideas and that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, is is one of the characteristics that we traditionally associate with leadership. But getting back to the age part of it. So the, the one of the interesting findings that I, I read in Art's article was that someone who scored higher on narcissism at 18, particularly in the leadership factor of it. So leadership is actually one of the, the mm -hmm. scores. And I think, how did we do in leadership, by the way? Or maybe that one wasn't on here. Well, they have authority. I authority, think that's where it yeah. is. And that was my highest That one. was my highest, too. So, ooh, we got to dig into that. But yeah, so yes. it's, uh, people who scored high uh, at 18 were more likely to have a job in which they super, like later in life, were more likely to have a job in which they supervised or hired other people. However, it was not related to how high their salary was or the prestige of the job they had hmm. or the likelihood of the, them changing careers or experiencing financial problems it, or even like how satisfied they were with the job. It was just like, if they're concerned with that, yeah. They'll get in a job where they can boss people around, basically. It's <laughs> <laughs> like kind of how I read that, right? Looking at it through the, the lens of age, I found a lot of those things to be true that I think I would have bet scored differently in my 20s. So like mm. the the one thing you said, the one that, that I thought sounded really diabolical of like, uh, what was it? <laughs> oh, it was the, was it the oh, one Oh, I'll never be on... satisfied. Oh, yes. That's my, uh, my ode to Hamilton. I thought Hamilton too. <laughs> <laughs> relate to that like strongly of the me in my 20s and maybe early 30s but I think I got I've gotten to the point especially recently like call it a like anti midlife crisis where I'm like you know what the external markers of success that I used to find super important are just not as important to me anymore and which is not to say like I don't care I have no ambition anymore but I'm just not as concerned with the the traditional definition of a success anymore. 
Yeah, the specific question, the two choices were, I will never be satisfied until I get all that I deserve and I take my satisfactions as they come. And I know, I understand what you're saying about the the top one, the, the former one sounding diabolical. It's the all that I deserve in terms of like, so my answer on that was not necessarily, I don't know necessarily what I deserve, but I do think I have a hard time celebrating the small victories. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, Part of this maybe comes from, like, my background coming up as, like, this is going to be a diversion. As, like, a theater kid, and that's where I started my career in my early 20s. And I think there is very much a cultural ethos around performers, around people in the arts, of it's always the next thing. It's always the next thing. It's, like, it's never quite good enough. And so I... That's not to unpack that in like the most extreme way, because we could go on and on and on and on about kind of those dynamics within various different industries. But I feel like that was kind of ingrained at me from a young age trying to, you know, make it in the theater world. But it's tough to like take that out of my current approach to anything. Like I do feel like I struggle to be satisfied with where I am. I do feel like there are things I want to accomplish. And even if I accomplish those, there's always something else that I need to get done. You know what I mean? Like, it's tough to put into words. I think it's definitely, like, a fault in myself. I think the phrasing of it is so problematic, right? Of, like, I will never be satisfied until I get all that I deserve. Like, I get what you're saying, and I think there's part of that that's healthy because that means that you you don't rest on your laurels, right? That you, like, keep trying to improve. And, and you know, that's something I think a lot of our listeners can relate to. I think that's, you know, we if you are a reader of Fast Company, you're probably not somebody who's, like, satisfied with whatever and, like, good enough is fine. You know, like, you are a striver. You are ambitious. You are an entrepreneur, an innovator. Like, you want to, like keep bettering yourself. You're almost like in competition Mm -hmm. with yourself. But Mm -hmm. I think for me in this stage of my life, hearing the like, I will never be satisfied until I get everything I deserve. I'm like, so you're just going to be unhappy forever. Like, I think I've reached like a a little bit of like a Zen point with like, I know I haven't gotten everything that I deserve. Certainly there are points that I can like point to where it's like, I deserved something and I didn't get it. But like, I've let go of, being angry about, you know, or like of dwelling on that. And also like the entitlement of like who deserves what. And yeah, I guess I kind of just want to be not to say like, I never want anything more for my career, but I have to kind of like be happy with what I got. You know, I feel like that's a very healthy way to approach things. I think I'm not wait till you turn 40 and you have a you know midlife crisis. Yeah, no, it's true. Well, I mean, it's even one of those things like where I do and I'm revealing a lot about myself personally, but a year and a half ago when I was diagnosed with cancer, I'm fine. Everybody, I'm cancer free. So nobody has to panic or worry at this point. But it did kind of put a, a, a lot into perspective, not to be a cliche in terms of like being more accepting of where you are at this point and understanding like, a little bit of perspective being like, well, at least I have my health and that sort of thing. Again, these they are all cliches, but like it did start. I think I got better at that point, but I know very deeply. And it's something I think about a lot, even before this test that like, I do have a problem being satisfied with my accomplishments. Well, and that's your personal example is extreme. And hopefully, you know, people, I'm sure people obviously do relate to that, but I think we all have been through something in the last two years, as we've seen with Mm -hmm. the Great Resignation, where it's caused people to reevaluate where they, you know, what what matters to them. And I just think of, 
I think of like the phrase, like your work won't love you back. Like your work is not your family of like putting it into perspective of like what's really important and your cancer diagnosis and living through that and like viewing like what's really important in life is similar to people saying like there's a global pandemic and all of this could go away and is my job Mm -hmm. is the things that I'm really striving for really the important things or you know is my family more important is is whatever more important and I think I'm a little bit there in my life and I think a lot of yeah other people are a little bit there in my life and I wonder if it ebbs and flows you know there's like seasons to life and maybe there's Mm -hmm. the like Mm -hmm. more narcissistic ambitious season and and the like I'm gonna be okay with you know, what I have season. Now is the winter of my discontent, is it? <laughs> yes, I'm in the, in the winter of my like, eh, it's fine, guys. <laughs> and then will come the spring of my like, give me what I deserve. <laughs> I don't know. I'm totally making shit up now. <laughs> These are great titles for the season. I actually want to transition a little bit because there's another question that I think gets a little bit into the gender aspect of this. And I wonder if you struggled with this the same way I did. And it was the question around one of the authority questions in the prompt was being an authority doesn't mean that much to me or people always seem to recognize my authority and the wording of the second one kind of like pot committed me to choose that as a cis straight white man people do recognize your you you acknowledge that because you are a cisgendered white man people naturally recognize your authority more yeah and there's examples in that in in terms of like other things in my life my my wife runs a company she's very talented and successful and does a company there's occasional times where it's just like clear misogyny where we'll i'll be helping her out at a thing and like a vendor or another person will come in and just assume that myself or her associate who's also a, a white man is in charge of the company and it's just like that assumption happens i'm sure i'm sure you've experienced this in your life no doubt about it um where it's just like as as a woman i think you are less presumed through misogyny not to have your authority recognized whereas like especially adding on top of that that i'm six foot three and i think there are some studies around there that taller people on average taller people are more likely to be in leadership positions so all of that on top of it it's like i couldn't not pick the latter one because I think it's just a reality of society. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, different phases in life, you know, differently. Like I, I feel like I answered some of these actually um, more narcissistic maybe than I would have in my twenties in Mm -hmm. part because of the position that I have now. I am in a leadership role now and the, you know, the confidence that I've gained over a career that has spanned, you know, a couple decades, I guess. But yeah, 100%, I did not, I think, answer that question that people always recognize my authority because even, I think, you know, like within Fast Company, obviously I've worked with these people for a lot of them for eight years. People know who I am, you know, like, I, you know, I don't think anybody's like undermining me now, but 100% in my career, I've been treated like the secretary, the intern, the, you know, that sort of thing. I've, yeah, 100%, like that, that definitely happens. I think another gendered question that almost like triggered me and I was kind of like proud to answer the the more I guess narcissistic one yeah. was about being like naturally assertive. Right. I forget exactly the question, but it was like I'm assertive or I'm not assertive and that's a question that I would have answered the same in my 20s and now. I think I've always kind of been 
an assertive person. And that's a word in particularly like a, a triggering word that um, women are called as a almost as a slur, you know, um, yeah, uh, abrasive is the other like uh, synonym of that of like, you know, being too abrasive, being too loud. I've I've always kind of been that, but that's a super gendered one too. Like that's not something that uh, women are socialized to be assertive. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I had the same thought in terms of just that word assertive is just such kind. It's such a in a it's a dog whistle in a lot of ways in terms of like what it is. I forgot the old adage, but it's like men are assertive, women are demanding, or something like that. And it's, yeah, it's, I mean, there's there's a lot of other. Not so nice words. Oh that, yeah, we will, that, <laughs> that we will not delve into. That women are called, yeah. But I mean, yeah, it is the hundred percent double standard of a lot of the things. I mean, throughout this whole assessment, and uh, you know why men are are more likely to be narcissists in general, anyways, aren't because like men are jerks. It's because we reward from the time they're little kids. We reward that kind of behavior in boys, and we like shame that type of behavior in girls. Yeah. Even looking at like the general like activities or or clubs like growing up as a kid, like I remember like I was a Boy Scout growing up and that was all about training the leaders of tomorrow. And like Girl Scouts wasn't quite the same thing. It was much oh, more Girl communal. Oh, Girl Scouts was awesome though. Yeah, I know. It was probably yeah. much better yeah. than Boy Scouts because it was stressful and I was also, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? I was like stressed out because I was like, I have to be a leader. Um, I have to learn how to do this um, and tie knots at the same time. But, but it's like it also you see how we kind of it's just kind of indicative of how we socialize kids. I mean, you also just see and, and you know, we've talked about this a lot on the show. You see examples, constant examples of what a leader is. And it's a charismatic, confident white man. Mm -hmm. Like it's not a assertive black woman. That's a bad thing to be. That's the angry black woman. You know, like all of the the same characteristics are are constantly perpetuated as negative if they're mm -hmm. not in in you know a white man. Yeah, and as as we've talked a lot about a lot on this show particularly and we've talked about that last season quite a bit in terms of perceptions and microaggressions and and all of these things wrap up into leadership and who advances in their career when these personality traits that Dr. Tomas Chamorro Premisic laid out and as we've seen in this assessment. Yeah, I I'm interested in the compliment, you know, I'm looking back at some of these these other questions. Did are you a modest person? And like, Ugh. did you answer? How did you answer that one? I did answer that I am um, a modest uh, person, or yeah, but that you like you like compliments. Yeah, well, I had the very specific yeah. answer in there that I don't like to be complimented to my yes. face because I think it's just tough to respond and accept those directly. Well, I guess, and that's that's some other questions too of like being the center of attention, like kind of like being put on the spot. And you don't like that? I think I like it at points, but probably not yeah. all the time. See, the, that's the, yeah, there's, the... Yeah, there's like a lot of gray area, yeah. right? And I feel in taking this, you know, obviously we both knew, like it's pretty clear in each answer, like which is the narcissistic one and which is the non-narcissistic one. And so you can kind of game it like, okay, I don't want to sound too narcissistic, so I'm going to say this mm -hmm. other one, when the real answer is somewhere in between. Yeah. And I feel like we're maybe the same in that. And we are probably not representative of, of the general population in this way because I have a podcast. Like, clearly <laughs> yeah. I have a, a little bit of a, you know, I don't mind people listening to me and yeah. and and I don't mind, you know, public speaking, which, you know, I don't mind public speaking and a lot of people really hate it. So like, 
I, I don't know. I don't remember if I answered that I don't like being the center of attention. But the real answer is I sometimes like being the center of attention. I feel the same way. You and know? I wonder if you're this because I feel the same. Like I like there's been some times where I've gotten to go and talk to journalism students or, or or audio production students about, you know, working in in media and stuff like that. And I like that. I like being on panels. Yeah. I like being yeah. uh, in, in professional circumstances. I do like uh, uh, like there are times when I like being the center of attention, quote unquote. Yeah. But like, if I go to a party, <laughs> I don't yeah, like, that's right? the thing. Same. It's like personal social situations. Mm-hmm. I just want to sit on a, ca- back when we used to go to parties uh, that were a lot of people. Like I, <laughs> I just do not want to be the center of attention. There. Yeah, totally agree. And it varies in professional settings. And I think probably a mm-hmm. lot of people can relate to this. Like, yeah, I don't, I like doing a podcast. I like, you know, speaking on panels. I, I like, running meetings. I like those sorts of things. I hate networking events. Any networking, like I'm by the food and I say like, how long can I be here (laughs) until it's appropriate to leave? Like, I hate (laughs) that. I, yeah. And I don't be like being put on the spot, you know, like, oh, any volunteer, like, Kate, what do you think? You know, like, I don't particularly like that. Mm -hmm. I'm modest. Here's my, here's my modesty. It's like, fake modesty <laughs> like <laughs> like i <laughs> so that's called not being modest kate <laughs> <laughs> well i mean not like well I, you you heard it in the clip right of like oh can't you hear i'm like such a modest person like it's it's really i think it's like insecurity i'm like i sarcastically compliment myself you know, in hope that somebody <laughs> else will compliment my me. You know, so you, you're just fishing for compliments. All the time. No, I get that too because that's also the second part of the compliments questions. Like mm-hmm. I don't like them to my face. I also but I desperately crave, them. crave people's yeah. approval. Yeah, but that's, I, again, I feel like that. Can you just put them in writing and put them in a comment box? Though? I feel that's, like that's, that's all I ask. That's to be human, though. Some of these I think are to be human. Of like, mm-hmm. yeah. everybody wants to be told they're doing a good job, and it just kind of depends on whether or not that makes you feel a little squirmy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but everybody wants to be told they're doing a good job, and the modesty, you know, it's like, you know, whether or not you can admit that you're doing a good job. And I find like the way that I am is I'm modest by like deflecting it. Like, right. Oh, Kate, you did a really great job on that project. Well, it wasn't all me. It was also all of these other people, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, I need to do it otherwise. And maybe some of that's gender too, of like, if I just say like, yeah, I did a great job on that. I really did a, you know, it was all me. Like does not feel like something I would be allowed to say or should say. Yeah, I mean, obviously all of these things, there's gray area, there's sliding scales. I think that's probably more gendered than not. I mean, I think I definitely have that uh, issue as well of accepting compliments, but I imagine that more men feel comfortable taking compliments than than, than women do, or, or particularly white men around that too. Not that I have data behind that. I mean, I'm really interested to see, because now we're, we're talking about this, and we both scored fairly low, but fairly in the kind of norm range. Like, some of this, I think, like, there are some positives, I think, here. Like, we're talking about, like, narcissism's bad, but, like, and I would love to talk to, like, Dr. Art Markman or or, or talk to Dr. Chamorro Premisic again about, like, what the opposite of that and the negative consequences on being not narcissistic enough, for lack of a better term, or, or where that is. Because some of these do feel like they are valuable human skills and 
something that you need to have in certain circumstances with within reason, I'm sure, with a lot of these. Like, yeah, I don't want to manipulate people. That's not a good thing. But like feeling like you're a leader or you're comfortable in your leadership positions, if you are, as both of us are in this company in leadership positions, I would like to think that it's better for us to be comfortable with that leadership than not to be comfortable with it. Right? Yeah. In the last episode when we were talking about it, he was saying it would be great if somebody who was actually competent also was charismatic. Yeah. The problem is when the person is charismatic and confident and narcissist, you know, falls into that that bucket of narcissism and then doesn't have the skills to back it up. But if you have the skills to back it up and you also can like have authority over people and get people to agree with you and get people on board and be charismatic and well-spoken and, and projected air of leadership, then that's like the ideal circumstance, right? I think of the, of the phrase somebody said once, which is so awful, it's not bragging if it's true. <laughs> but like, kind of like that, right? Like yeah, the yeah. ideal leader, I, I think, probably you know, has a, a, a large degree of, of being humble. Um, you know, they are satisfied with what they've achieved to a certain extent. They're willing to, you know, depend on other people, work with other people to get things done. That was one of the other questions. I mm -hmm. sometimes depend on other people or I rarely depend on anyone else to get things done. Like, you need to depend on other people. You can't do it all yourself. That's not a good leader. No, it's not. But I do also understand, like, sometimes the urges to to not be good at delegation sure. or trust other people. But that's, you're right. But that's not a good leadership characteristic. No, or they're like, no, you're or they're absolutely like, right. I, I take responsibility for my decisions, or you don't. Like, there's a lot of, of, of these things that, yes, are, are good to have in a leader, but the in order to, like, win people over, maybe you do need some degree of, of narcissism. Yeah. So what we're coming to right now is narcissism's a good thing. Well, so there's well, there's different. <laughs> it's not. It's not what we're coming there's to. There's different factors in it, right? Like these tests, and you know, we talked about it a little bit. There's like entitlement, vanity, authority, superiority. Some just hearing those words, you can think of like what are the good ones and what are the bad ones. Like entitlement sounds a little bit bad, but maybe there's a little scotch of it that's good. Like and like entitlement, you know. Thinking you deserve things that you don't deserve, not good. But putting yourself up for the job, you know, as I mentioned at the top of the show, like the people who put themselves forward for the jobs are usually not the best people. Right. So like having, if you, you know, it's not bragging if it's true, like having the, the skills and like raising your hand for the job, having a little bit of, yes, I deserve this. Like that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so, too. If you're not, I mean, if you are, like, it's, again, like, what, if the competent people aren't willing to at least raise their hand at some point, then that's an issue for companies. But, like, how much is too much entitlement? It's yeah. like, you want just enough to raise your hand, but also not enough to raise it all the time. Yeah, and then the same thing with, like, authority. Like, having, thinking, like, everybody shut up and listen to me. I'm the final word. What I say goes. Bad. But like, <laughs> guys, you know, let me bring you all together. I'm the leader in this situation. Let's, you know, like driving the, the train. Good. Superiority. I don't know. I don't feel like <laughs> there's a lot in that. That's great. Vanity. 
that's its whole other thing. Exploitiveness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Some of those things I don't think are too great. Uh, I mean, all of this conversation, though, is is making me remember that I need to catch up on Succession. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a show that I have not gotten into, maybe because I'm so unnarcissistic, but I, I don't really <laughs> need to see rich people uh, being rich. It's pretty infuriating, but yeah. some, some good plot twists. <laughs> And that's all for this episode. If you're a new listener, be sure to subscribe to The New Way We Work wherever you listen. And if you like this episode, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. And we want to hear from you. We've put the link to the narcissistic personality inventory in the show notes. And if you take it, please tell us your score and tell us what you think about it. Email us at podcast at fastcompany.com or tweet us with the hashtag New Way We Work. The New Way We Work was produced by Joshua Christensen with editing from Nicholas Torres.